You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here, where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation for the day. Wow, conversation for the day. See, this is what happens when my kids are running cars over my head. Conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host, India Jackson, ready to get the dialogue going. See, I think I talked before about this. My kids are like out to get me, but that's all right. We'll deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) India, they're trying to take me down. They don't want me to be great. What happened? Oh, Oh, boy. So anyway, we're here today and we have a special guest with us because we want to talk about something that I feel like, I I think the word people assume it only means kind of like some very specific things and that's kind of it. And so of course we like blowing holes and stuff. And so I think that this is a great one and that's kind of digging some pieces um, of sustainability out and examining them. And before we start to do that, do you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about our guest and introduce them India? Sure. I'm excited to introduce all of you fabulous listeners to Shannon Kenny. She is a sustainable business consultant who helps eco-conscious businesses become more sustainable without sacrificing profit. Growing up on the Caribbean island of Trinidad, hello, instilled a deep sense of environmental responsibility within her. And in 2017, she turned that conviction into her career with the launch of Mama Eco a business dedicated to helping eco-conscious people make better decisions for the environment. Shannon has spoken at sustainable events as well as been on panels with thought leaders in the environmental world and has been featured in several publications, including USA Today, Market Watch, Mind Body Green, and Grateful. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming and joining us. So I want to start a little bit by having you 
share with everyone when you speak about sustainability? Let's talk about what that word means to you in the context that you share it with the world and how you do your work. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'd say my personal definition of sustainability is, you know, when everything in a system can be maintained and can thrive in the long run. And, you know, when I say everything, I'm talking about both the environment and also the, the people that exist in and support that environment. So, you know, the employees, the farmers, the factory workers, the, the sales associates, and then in terms of, you know, the environmental side of thing, you know, the the raw materials, the, the water we drink, the air we breathe, the food that we grow, you know, all of these things are part of that system and how we treat those things plays a part in, in how sustainable that overall system is. The interesting thing there that you said that I don't think people always think about is the fact that sustainability isn't just about tools or things. It also includes people and yeah what our own sustainability is with the things that we're doing or the efforts that we're trying to reach. I think it's important to consider that and just see how these things kind of work together synergistically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, building a sustainable business, you know, and they're using it in terms of, you know, you know, can, can their business, you know, thrive over the long run. Um, but there's so many parts of that, um, that, you know, involve people, um, involve all the different aspects of things. And the same thing with the environment, you know, it's not just, um, this, I guess there's so many different, um, applications of the word sustainable and it's definitely more like holistic rather than just thinking about, okay, sustainability equals environment or sustainability equals green. You know, it, it's, it's, um, it's much more diverse than that. Yeah, one of the things that stands out to me and <laughs> being a little bit funny about it, but nowhere in there did you say granola. I feel like there's this huge stereotype that like sustainability is this crunchy granola topic that's only for certain people who only care about certain things. And that's just not true. And I'm wondering from your perspective, have you seen any other types of stereotypes that might get in the way of people's understanding of what sustainability really is? For sure. Um, it's interesting you, you bring up the word granola, though. I remember when I first like built up my website, a friend of mine, she looked at it and she was like, it's not granola. This is really good. And I'm like, what is granola? Like, I, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, OK, well, I guess it's good that I'm not that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think when people think of sustainability or they think of the environment, they think, OK, like, you know, smelly hippie who wears neutrals and doesn't shower, you know. Um, or like someone who ties himself to a, to a tree, you know. Um, but the truth of the matter is you don't have to be, you know, on the front lines in order to be an environmentalist or in order to care about the planet because, you know, everything that we do in our everyday lives has an environmental impact, whether we choose to accept that or not, which means that everyone has the opportunity to, to live more sustainably. I mean, you know, the, the clothes you wear, the food you buy, you know, how much food you, you throw away, where you shop, you know, all those things have an environmental impact. And then also like as a business, you know, where you supply your products from, how much you pay your employees, how much, you know, waste is involved in producing your products. There's, there's all of these things have an environmental impact. So, you know, you don't have to be the quote unquote environmentalist to live sustainably or to run a sustainable business. So even, you know, kind of digging a little deeper in that, when you think about these things that can be stereotypes or these assumptions of what it is to be sustainable or what this means to a business, what are some of the things that you hear people regularly 
kind of come up with as like a, a pushback or a reason why they can't that you can blow holes in? Because I think honestly, most of them is like, eh, that's not quite true. And let's talk about the why on them. Yeah. I mean, I would say the two biggest things are money and convenience. Um, so, you know, people will think, okay, well, you know, in order to be sustainable, I have to spend all this extra money on all of these things. Um, and that applies, you know, people think about that in terms of business and also in terms of, you know, personal stuff. I mean, if you compare the dollar for dollar cost of an eco-friendly product versus the exact, you know, competitor of a, you know, generic version of that, the dollar for dollar comparison of that will be more expensive because, Things have been done ethically. Things have been done the right way. Um, intentional decisions have been made along the way, and it's not just about profit. But if you take the overall, you know, collection of decisions that you make in terms of sustainability, and then the the, the decisions that you would make if you just did everything the standard generic way, and you added those up, it is less expensive to do it the sustainable way because there's other factors involved, right? So. Um, you know, let's, let's take, uh, I'll, I'll do a personal example, then I can do a business example. But like, you know, if you um, shop at H&M or, or Zara or wherever it is that you shop and you buy really cheap clothing, right, which seems really cheap to you, but you're doing it all the time because that clothing doesn't last very long or it doesn't, you know, it's, it's not um, built to survive through different trends. You're spending a lot of money all the time, even if it's a little bit, little bit, little bit. But if you on the reverse side of things bought a few pieces that were made really well cost you more but you don't have to buy a replacement for it for the next five to ten years you're going to spend less money in the long run so it's kind of like long-term thinking versus short-term savings um and so that's kind of the main one in terms of uh you know cost and then the other one is convenience right people like oh this is going to take me so much more time um, I don't have time for this. Da, 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 da. And the truth is you don't have to like completely flip your business or your personal life on its head in order to make it more sustainable. You can make little changes over time that, you know, progressively add up to a lot of impact. And it, it will take some time in the, in the beginning to do a little bit of research because you're obviously changing the way that you are normally doing things, and depending on how old you are. It's, you know, you're sort of unlearning 30, 40, 50 years of, of what you're used to doing. And so, it, you know, it takes a little time in the beginning, but once you make those changes, it becomes the new norm and it's completely effortless. You know, in my personal life, I have made tons and tons of changes over the years that are much more sustainable now than I was five, 10 years ago. Um, but it's it, it doesn't require any extra effort now because it's just part of what I do and it is the norm. I'd actually like to hear India talk about that a little bit too, because she was actually the one that began to kind of introduce me to some of these concepts that can sometimes fall under sustainability, um, like minimalism, but just the fact of that whole like buying less, but buying better. She absolutely was the one that really helped for me to pay a lot more attention to these simple things and how doing them differently really does make a huge impact. Also, what you just said there, Erica, doing things differently is the perfect way to frame it because it's not doing things that are more difficult or doing things that take more time. It's doing things differently. So it's just like reframing what you're doing and how you're doing it and the reasons that you're doing it. And then it's just, all right, I'm just going to like 
do things differently. I'm going to flick that switch and that's all I'm going to live my life moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right. I think one of the first examples that comes to mind for me um, is taking a look at like as a business owner, like what software you're using and really asking yourself, like, what are the ethics of the company that owns that software or is producing that software? Um, and while it'd be great to say that <laughs> every software you choose is going to have like the best ethics and the best values, and they only hire people from their own country and they're giving back to the community, you know, it's also a matter of asking yourself, what's the lesser of the evils from your options? And sometimes that option might not be the most affordable option up front. Um, you know, but also like looking at the pieces of, but what is the impact of this option? Is it going to save your team time? Is it going to make your business run more efficiently and contribute to the communities and the people that are on that other software provider's team and their lives? Um, and so software is definitely a thing that we've been reevaluating of, you know, what software we're using, why are we using it? what software are we choosing to not take part in anymore um, or minimize as much as possible. And that really goes into redistributing wealth, but also like, is this sustainable to keep going forth in the long haul? So some people could look at the fact that we spend, you know, money to use something called Mighty Networks to host our community and say, well, I mean, but that's not, you know, taking that action is going to cost more money. I'm just going to use Facebook. But then there's also ethics. There's also energy behind that. There's also um, what type of mood or psychological effects there are that are being impacted as well. And so it goes so much more beyond like the financial decision. And this is where Shannon, I'd love for you to talk about what, you know, I feel like there's the ethics. And I think as a general statement, people can think about ethics. And yes, sometimes they feel like feel feel good, nice to have. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of people that are very much like, okay, well, how does this affect my bottom line? What's, you know, what is my profit going to now be lacking because I'm doing this? And, you know, what are some of the things that you think can be done? to, you know, actually build and to be a sustainable business that isn't about sacrificing profit. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, in terms of business, it's, it's, it's really one of the biggest sort of questions that I get. And, you know, I kind of see transitioning towards being a more sustainable business as an opportunity rather than a sacrificing of something. So, you know, if you decide to do things with integrity and you represent, you know, a business of, of quality and ethics, you are, how shall I say this? Sorry, I'm just going to pause it or do the clap thing. In the, uh... yep, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> when you are a business and you decide to make yourself more sustainable or a representation of things that are ethical and are quality you are also opening yourself up as a business to so many more opportunities as a business because there are so many consumers out there especially in today's world that are becoming more and more aware of their buying power and you know there there are tons of you know statistics to back this up that people are willing to a spend more on a business um if they know that it's going to have a positive impact whether that's in you know um 
some sort of charity give back or it's going to you know create some sort of impact on a community or in the environment and so people understand that where they put their money has a positive or a negative effect and when you choose to make your business more sustainable again or more ethical or represent you know higher quality products or services you're then able to market yourself to an entirely new base of customers that would not have bought from you had you not made that commitment had you not made those changes to your business and so in a way you're opening up your customer base rather than making it narrow you're opening up your profits rather than sacrificing them because of the intentional decisions by which you choose to run your business I think that's so important and it shows up in some of the work that we do with implicit to explicit as well, because we talk about how your consumer wants to also feel like where they're spending their money, where they're literally voting with each dollar that they're putting into a business and saying, we want this to stay in business or choosing not to, you know, it allows them to feel good about their buying decisions and the choices that they're making through what they know that your company is or isn't doing. And so I think that goes into some of what you do is helping um, the businesses also learn how to share publicly about those sustainability efforts. Yeah. I mean, those are massive opportunities. You know, what I've found with my work is I often end up, you know, a client comes to me and we end up starting on the sustainability side of things. How can we make this sustainable from the inside out? But then they also need help with, well, how do I communicate this to, to my customers? Cause I want them to know that this is what I stand for. Um, and, you know, crafting that message is, is very important because, um, you know, we, we talked about this the other day, but, you know, greenwashing is, is, is a really big thing and there's, there's, you know, a right way and a wrong way to do things. Um, and so making sure that whatever you're putting out there in terms of your messaging, your marketing, your branding is backed by fact backed by due diligence so that people know when you start talking about sustainability or ethics that they know that you're not just you know blowing smoke in their ass like you actually mean it and you know that messaging goes a long way when you want to connect to the values of your customer because once you connect with your customer on a values-based level you know that's a match made in heaven so thank you thank you for saying that because i think that you mentioned something there that we talk a lot about, which is the imperfect action piece. And, you know, I think there's this thought of like, but if I'm not doing this perfectly, can I talk about this? Can I share this with my clients of how I'm being sustainable and things like that? Like, you know, how do you think that shows up and how do you think that, you know, it really is possible no matter kind of where you are on that journey to be transparent about that? Yeah, you know, I don't see it as an all or nothing. Um, You know, you don't have to be 100% sustainable, you know, from the get go in order to be working towards that in the long run. And, you know, a a lot of my clients, again, they'll come and they'll say, well, I don't have it all right. Like, I don't have everything um, as sustainable as I would like it, we need to still work on this, this and this. And it's like, yeah, but those are still goals of yours, you have timelines that you've set for those goals. And people want to be with you along that journey because even if you're not there yet, if they see your commitment to it, then they're going to, they're going to support you along the way because they know that you, again, your values align with their values and they're willing to be with you on that journey. Um, And so, you know, I, I tell my clients, you know, let's, let's talk about what have you already done? Let's, let's get that clear. 
what are we working towards and what is the timeline that we uh, have put in place to work towards those things because accountability is really important. It's account it's important for us as business owners, but it's also really important for your customers. And so if they know mm -hmm. that you decide you want to be carbon neutral by 2022, or you want to, you know, su supply all of your raw materials for your products, you know, locally by, by 2023 or whatever the date is, then they're going to hold you accountable for that. And then that also lights a fire under your ass because you need to start working towards that goal now. Um, so it's, it's really a journey and it's not a destination. And I, I take that approach from a personal point of view and also a business point of view. You know, when I started becoming sustainable in my personal life in the, when I was first learning about it, I thought, oh gosh, I have to be perfect. Oh my gosh, I, 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 I got this water bottle or I got this, you know, thing. And, and I was living in this constant state of failure because I wasn't perfect and I wasn't, and it wasn't getting anywhere with that mindset and so i had to change that mindset to think about i am working towards something i may never get there but it's always going to be a journey and that's the mindset that businesses should have because you know there's a lot of different things going on when you're running a business there's there's you know team members there's customers there's tech you know and then you add on sustainability and so it's it's a piece that's always going to be evolving just like the rest of your business person after my heart all that <laughs> right <laughs> one of the questions that I have for you is if I'm listening and I'm a service-based business specifically um, and I'm telling myself that I've done nothing you know um, mm -hmm. there's nothing to evaluate yet because I haven't taken any actions yet which probably isn't true but nevertheless if that's the story I'm giving myself what is a really simple and easy place that I could start um, so there's a couple of different ways. Um, you know, every business today has a website, right? That's like a non-negotiable. Um, and one of the easiest things that you can do, even if you haven't even launched your business, even if you're about to launch is to use a green hosting company. So all websites, they live on servers, which are sort of supplied by different hosting companies. You know, there's, there's, there's popular ones, GoDaddy, DreamHost, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but they're actually hosting companies that have positioned themselves uh, from the inside out as as green hosting companies. So um, some of them will purchase renewable energy credits for every amount of energy that's used for your website. So if your website uses, and I'm not going to go into like giga, blah, 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 like carbon units, because those always confuse me myself. But let's say for every one unit um, of energy your website uses, they will buy the equivalent amount of energy in renewable credits, which means it offsets the energy that's used for your website. Some of them will even offset it by three times. Um, so the website, the, the web hosting company that I use is called Green Geeks. And I actually just transferred my website over to them a couple of months ago. Um, and so now my, my website is completely not only carbon neutral, but carbon negative. And, you know, that, that company also, they have made every part of their business super efficient so that, you know, it, it's, it's not burning wasted energy, you know, somewhere. I mean, another place if someone wants to get like super tech and if they're into coding is you can also simplify the code of your website or have your tech person do that in a way that it runs as little energy as possible. So it's, it's, it's like, you know, you know, an athlete who's like super fit and just like burns what it needs instead of, you know, having a really inefficient system. So that's probably the easiest way because it doesn't really evolve 
involve an extra step. It's literally like, do I want this or do I want that? It costs pretty much the same. Maybe it's 50 cents more, but is it worth it? Yeah, I would say it is. Hmm. I I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people probably don't know that that's a thing. Um, And I wonder if one of the added benefits of that is like your website will load faster and you'll get like a faster response time and better website ranking because there's less coding happening. Absolutely. Yeah. The less, the simpler you can make that code. And I know absolutely nothing about code. I have an amazing person who does that for me. Um, But the person who can write, you know, simplified code, yeah, your website's going to load faster. So your SEO is going to be better. Google's going to rank you better. And, oh, by the way, you're doing something for the planet and it doesn't cost you really anything extra. It's kind of like a no brainer, you know? Wow. So smart. Like that. Well, and it's, I always like things like that just for the simple fact, if nothing else, it really makes you think, okay, so if this is something I didn't know was a thing right here, and this actually isn't something that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money necessarily to to do it, where else is this possible? What other options are there that I'm unaware of just because it's not the thing that's, you know, pushed to you in the mainstream or it doesn't have, you know, 8,000, you know, Facebook ads or whatever that are telling you what it is to create that awareness, but it really is making that difference if that's your goal. Right. I mean, it brings me to the, a really big question, but I feel like it's an important one um, <laughs> that you're probably not expecting Shannon. So I'm just going to throw that out there for the listeners to know <laughs> that she's not expecting this question. But I think that as three people on this interview that all care about the environment and sustainability, one of the things that I think is really important is if we're going to see some major changes, we need a culture shift. And I'm wondering from your perspective, what are some of the conversations that need to start happening to reduce those overly seen stereotypes and highlight so many other ways that sustainability can happen and really begin to simplify that for people? Yeah, I mean, I I always say that we need to make sustainability sexy and trendy because there's so many things that have just like exploded or gone viral on the internet. And it's because someone made it look really fun. Someone made it look really simple and they made it accessible to everyone. And if we make sustainability a thing that's like, uh, the norm rather than like a luxury, then everyone's going to be on board and they're going to want to do it. Like I, I definitely see, you know, in the, in the branding of, of people who are in the sustainability space, more on the personal side of things. Like if you go in the Instagram world and you look at sustainability, you know, you'll see people with like, like their house looks gorgeous. Everything is perfectly organized and you have these mm-hmm. perfect looking kitchens and mason jars and they have like you know, just like the best clothes and they're like, oh yeah, like this is my sustainable life and oh, it's so perfect and whatever. But like people want that because it looks badass, you know, and it looks like something they would want to have. And if we make it so that it's not crunchy, it's not granola, but this is like a cool way to live. And, and you know, my, my buying habits and the way that I consume and the way that I run my business makes a difference, then like, hell yeah, that's what I want to do. So it really does have to be a cultural shift, but it, it's certainly growing and, you know, social media take it for better or for worse. It is making those ideas more normal and more, 
I'm just going to use the word sexy because that's the only word I can think of right now. <laughs> See, and you know what? When you say that, it makes me think about it in the sense of like, uh, uh, yes to what you said. In addition to that, I still think that sometimes that can kind of give the polar opposite. And I'm like, can we show that like, using myself as an example, like a regular mom that just happens to do things that are eco-friendly and it not have to be like, you're either in the all white house that is zero waste or you do nothing. As I think for some people, they're just like, well, dude, like, yes, it want, you want it to be something that draws people in. And I do think it's, there's definitely a need to take it away from like, I do this and I smell like patchouli. Like, let's not have to make that be the thing. And at the same time, making it so that it does feel approachable and it does feel like normalizing it. Yeah, I feel like what I'm hearing is, you know, the future is going to require diversity in what people are seeing sustainability can look like, what people are seeing eco-conscious individuals, their lifestyles and their businesses can look like. Am I processing that correctly? Yes. I And, and, and to me, I think so. I want to hear what you have to say, you know, Shannon, because I, I think that it's, it very much feels like it's an either or. Yeah, I think, you know, a big part of this um, is also making it accessible because mm -hmm. it's going to look different for everyone and all of us have access to different things. So you will look at some of those people on social media and it's going to be like, yeah, but I don't have, you know, access to a bulk store. I don't have access to organic foods. Like I, I can't do that. There's no way. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to, we have to, make it accessible to everyone and, and have the, the measuring stick, I hate that term, but like the measuring stick different for everyone. So you can't tell someone, you know, who lives in a, in a food desert, for example, that they should be, you should be, you know, buying local, organic, fresh produce without packaging. That's what you should be doing. That person's going to look <laughs> at you and be like, uh, I don't even know what that is because I've never seen it, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, you, you have to approach it in a different way, but you, you, you could maybe tell that person, Hey, um, you know, I know that like, you're maybe having some health issues. Um, you know, let's try to maybe stay away from, you know, sugary processed foods because that's going to have a better impact on your health. So let's just kind of like focus on that and you educate that person on how they can use food as medicine. If they stop making those changes, then guess what? There's a byproduct that it's a more sustainable decision because it comes in less packaging or because it doesn't have as many processed ingredients or because it's not reliant on, you know, GMO corn, which is in pretty much every processed food you can find on a shelf. Mm -hmm. um, so so it, it's all about how you frame it in order to make it accessible to the person who you're, you're speaking to. Um, there was a, there's, a, there's this company in New York and they put green roofs um, you know, on, on people's buildings. And I always use this example because it's really helpful is, you know, the guy who owns this business, he says, whenever I go into, um, you know, a, a landlord and I am trying to pitch them on putting a green roof on their building, I never start with the E word and the E word is environment. He says, I will go in and I will tell them how it's going to save them money on building maintenance on, they're not going to have to replace their roof as often they're going to have um, less utilities each month because they're not going to have to heat and cool the building as much because the green roof is going to regulate that. There's going to be less flooding in the area and potentially hazardous to their building because the, the green roof absorbs when there's stormwater surges. So there's going to be less issues 
less maintenance and less money that that landlord is going to have to shell out because of putting that green roof. And when that landlord hears that, they're like, okay, easier and saves me money and less headache. Okay, yes. And, oh, by the way, I'm not going to tell you this, but this is also a great you know, decision for the environment. And so you really have to push someone where they can feel it or, or lean into what you know is important to them. And, oh, by the way, it's a byproduct that it's more sustainable, but that's not necessarily what you lead with when you are speaking to that person. I love the know your audience part. I always find it so hilarious because you could tell two people two very different things about the same exact thing based on, you know, what their specific motivators are. And they're both on board. And it's like, yeah, neither one of you even discussed the one thing that I was really doing this for. And we all win. Good job. Right. (laughs) One of the things that comes to mind for me, um, when you talk about buying decisions, um, and I'm just curious if there's any of these that show up for you, um, it's like, do you feel like there's anything out there that you see people purchasing that might be like a waste of money or efforts when it comes to sustainability? So like one of the things that I found Mm, is when I first started going into looking at like the zero waste lifestyle, you see like, oh, they use glass for everything and get away from BPA. But then I found like this thing where like people were like getting rid of their plastic containers and contributing to waste by doing that just to go out and have purchasing of glass, which is asking for more production. So I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I always tell people that the most sustainable thing that you can do is to use what you have first. And so, you know, if, if you need, if you find that in your, your, your home, for example, that you need a lot of, you know, food storage for leftovers, if you have a bunch of plastic Tupperware laying around, use that first, because there's no sense in you going out and spending money on one new Tupperware and like quote unquote actual, you know, reusable Tupperware versus what you already have. So, you know, the most sustainable thing you can do is use what you have and it's going to save you money. It's going to save you time. Um, and it's, it's going to save, you know, resources and energy that's used to produce new products. So even if you have cling wrap in your home and, um, you know, leftover takeout containers, and you feel safe to use those things, use those things first. And then once you've used them to their ability, or they're broken, or that you can't use them anymore, then start to think about, okay, what is a sustainable alternative that I can now start to switch to? Um, and then you can make the, the best decision moving forward. But if we just kind of say like, oh, I want everything to be sustainable, I'm just going to throw everything out and start from scratch, like that is the least sustainable thing that you can do. <laughs> It feels so counterproductive, but it's what culture is showing sometimes when you look into some of these lifestyles is like getting rid of all the plastic and just throw it all away or donate it. (laughs) Exactly. And and you're sort of marketed at like, oh, here's an eco-friendly product. You should buy this if you want to be eco-friendly. But if you already have something that serves that purpose, that's not the best decision for you. Um, And, you know, from a health perspective, like if you have health issues and and, you know, plastic is potentially contributing to that, then absolutely, like you need to do what's best for you. Um, but, you know, that's not necessarily a factor for, for everyone. I'm glad you framed it that way, because I think so often people are looking for a blanket response or answer or action to take that they don't think about, well, what's the best thing for me? What do I actually need? What's going to support 
you know, the lifestyle that I'm seeking or, you know, my health, you know, the health and wellness of my family. And I think having that reminder that, you know, there is no one answer that is the one size fits all. It's really about, you know, really having to evaluate where are you right now? What do you need? And, you know, how can you get there? And that might not mean immediately doing the XYZ thing that everyone else says you have to do. Yeah, anyone who tells you that you have to do something in order to be X, like you have to do this in order to be that, like just move on, move away from that person because (laughs) they're not taking in your life, whether you have kids, whether you have people who, you know, you're responsible for or certain financial situations, like it looks different for everyone. Um, and, And that's what, you know, everyone has to remind themselves too is if you're comparing your what is it? It's like if you compare your beginning to someone else's middle, something like that. But it's like, you know, you can only compare yourself to what you did yesterday and what you want to do tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. So being that everyone's been listening and taking in a lot of information and probably taking a lot of notes, because I think we went over a lot of really important pieces. Are there any things that you would kind of want to leave people with or any um, kind of takeaways or suggestions that you think like, here's your one thing. You know, whether you're, you know, an individual or a business, I would say two things. I would, I would, if you, if you have the time and, you know, the energy and the interest in doing it, you know, kind of sit down and take a little inventory of whether it's of, you know, your business or your personal life of like what you use, what you rely on. Um, and, and see if there's any, one thing that you could, you know, choose as a starting point and just kind of focus on one thing at a time and, you know, try to see if you can make that part of your business or your life more sustainable. And once you've found that better solution, then go to another thing on the list and just kind of go bit by bit and take it at your own pace. And, um, you know, rather than trying to flip the switch on everything that you do, which is not sustainable because you're just going to give up and get overwhelmed is, you know, just take things one step at a time. And, you know, over time, those changes will have an enormous, enormous impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a follow-up question. Is there anything that you're excited about when it comes to the world of sustainability? Yeah. I mean, there's so much innovation happening. Um, you know, there's a ton of innovation that's happening in packaging, which is a really, really, um, it's an industry that's just ready to be disrupted. Um, you know, there's so many inefficiencies. If you take a look at any piece of packaging, like you could just look at it and be like, this could so be designed better in order to, to, to be more efficient and to, to get more product out of this and to, to waste less resources. Um, you know, there's also a lot of people doing some amazing things, both in like the more government legislation space of trying to, um, you know, move society as a whole towards, you know, all of the systems being, you know, more sustainable. Um, So I would say innovation is probably the thing that excites me the most. Super exciting. Um, And 
What I'm excited about as well is that there's more people like you that are supporting businesses and individuals with becoming, you know, more sustainable and putting this on their radar in the first place, because it may not have been. Um, if someone were listening today and they wanted to be able to utilize your services and reach out to you and keep in touch, where would you want them to go? Yeah, anyone listening who wants to reach out, um, you can head to my website, which is mamaeco.com. So that's M-A-M-A-E-C-O.com. You can get information about how I work with businesses. I also have a ton of, of you know free resources that you can download, both for like product-based businesses as well as service businesses. Um, so I actually had a chat with these two lovely ladies, um, previously, and I, I came up with a great idea, um, for a resource, which is, uh, six, what is it? Six simple steps to make your service-based business more sustainable because, um, you know, it's not always obvious, like we mentioned earlier of, of how you can be more sustainable as a service-based business. So yeah, head on over to my website. And then I'm also on Instagram at mama.eco. Um, where you can get like a daily dose of, you know, personal and business sustainability. Amazing. Oh, that, and, and, and that kind of made me smile. I was like, oh, we prompted things. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I appreciate you being able to be here and to talk with everyone and to just share really what sustainability can be. And just giving some great alternatives of what this can look like and how you can be a part of making things better. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you so much. It's been so fun chatting with you all. This was amazing. When we learned about Shannon and Mama Eco, it was just, it was awesome to be able to hear somebody talking about sustainability through a bit of a different lens. India and I have, you know, dug into minimalism and sustainability from a lot of the very uh, linear ways that are very often marketed from the point of view of social media and things like that. And so being able to have this different voice and this different approach to it was something that we were so excited about. And this conversation absolutely did not disappoint, which is just more of the reason why we're so excited for February, which for us over in the community, we're uh, actually digging into sustainability as our theme of the month. And so we're so grateful to have Shannon coming in to do a special workshop just for our members. And I'm sure that you want to be able to be a part of that, just like you were able to hear a little snippet today of what Shannon and Mama Eco can bring. And so if you want to be a part of that conversation, you have to go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community today. Go ahead and apply so that you can be a member as we start February our month of sustainability talks, and we'll have Shannon there as our special guest. We always love that you're here and you're listening in. And so just remember, none of these conversations are complete without you. And so as you go ahead on with your day, your week, and continue venturing into 2021 with all the possibilities waiting for you, continue remembering that you can create the bridge to the realities that you want to see, you can do this. It's all ready and waiting for you. Till the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters 
and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?